0: Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we come to you this morning grateful, thankful for your work on the cross, in the empty tomb, in your ascension, and the day in which you will come to raise the dead, to give resurrection to those who have fallen asleep in you. And so as we look at this passage from the prophet Amos, I pray that you would let us see, that you would open our hearts to the ways in which it speaks the gospel message, the good news of your salvation won on the cross and given through us, delivered to us in the waters of baptism. And so, Lord, as we open your word, send your Holy Spirit into our hearts, into our very souls, that as we hear your word, we would believe it, we would cling to it, and that by doing that, we would become doers of it. We pray, Jesus, in your perfect, your holy name, sermon title today, One of Those Days. One of Those Days. When's the last time you had one of those days? You know, those days where it seems like thing after thing after thing keeps going wrong and wrong and wrong. I had one of those days in September, let me tell you about it. It all started when our giant Sam's Club laundry detergent fell off the shelf onto the floor, and detergent went everywhere. It's okay. I, this, is, this happened before, so I knew exactly what I needed to do. I needed to go to Dollar General and buy some kitty litter to put all over. But in my fluster to go do that, I ran over one of Zoe's little toy lawnmowers in the driveway. And then, when I got back from Dollar General, I didn't know that my kitty litter bag had somehow ripped in between the transfer from getting into the car. And so I went to pick it up, and it spilled all over the car seat and onto the floor of the car. The next morning, I woke up, and our air conditioning was making an awful sound. It wasn't blowing cold air anymore. And then later that day, my $60 car repair turned into a $460 car repair. And then finally, to top it all off... On my run, I dropped something and had to backtrack an entire mile to go pick it up. All while poor Zoe was screaming her head off because her pants were soaking wet because her water bottle had leaked all over. <sighs> I literally wrote that day. This is not, this is not made up, this is real, real, real story. I wrote that night, though, that this day felt like God was trying to challenge me, it was exhausting. It was tiring. It was one of those days. But as exhausting or as tiring as that day was for me, I know that you have had those sort of days and those sort of years even that are so much worse. I know the stories of how you have lost the ability not just to do the things that you used to do, but how you've lost the ability to be the person that you used to be. I know the ways in which you struggle with your children, the ways in which you watch them and worry for them and long for them to return. I know the ways in which you've lost not just one, but two people, two loved ones in the same year. I've heard, I know the times One go from cancer-free diagnosis to now a life-threatening cancer diagnosis once more. And in all of those days, in all of those moments, we all know what it feels like. We know the rejection that we feel. We know the pain and the emptiness that comes with experiencing those sort of days. And when we do we begin to ask some of the most unanswerable, some of the most difficult questions that we could ever ask in our lives of faith. We say things like, Why, God? How come you won't heal me? How come you're making me go through this? How come I seem to have to have such a hard life? This doesn't feel like love, God. See, on those days... We all begin to wonder, I thought God was supposed to be for me, but it really feels like he is against me in this moment. The prophet Amos writes of a day that I think we all could relate to in that way. See, he's writing to the people of God who are desiring the day of the Lord. They want God to come in power and might, to destroy the nations around them, to bring suffering on other people because of their sin. And we can't really blame them for that. God's acted powerfully in the past, right? You think about him bringing the people out of Egypt, that's an act of his power. You think about taking down the walls of Jericho, another act of his power, about surrendering or bringing into the people of Israel all the foreign armies that they conquered too. God has acted in the past in powerful and mighty ways on behalf of his people. And so they are longing, they are yearning again for their God to move in power and in might. And at the start of the book of Amos, it's exactly what he starts to say. He begins to prophesy against Nations, what God is going to do. He begins to talk about how he's going to bring down fortresses, he's going to set them ablaze, how he's going to remove rulers and authority, how he's going to strike down people through war. It's almost as though we could hear God's people saying, as they hear Amos prophesying this, yeah, go get them, God, you give them hell, give them what they deserve. But then, but then, The words begin to get closer and closer to home. Suddenly, this day of the Lord that is for those people out there becomes for them too. Suddenly, it's because they are God's chosen people that the same promises that are for the nations out there are for them as well. God promises them through the prophet Amos, they're going to have one of these days that is full of destruction, death, and despair. It's almost as though Amos says, "You want the day of the Lord? I'll show you what the day of the Lord's going to be like. It's going to be like if you were running from a lion, but you only ran into a bear, and then when you finally got home and thought you were safe, you'd lean against the wall, relaxing, only to be bit by a serpent and die." That's what the day of the Lord's going to be like. Amos says to them, "Look, justice." Righteousness, God's perfection, must wipe away all sin and all unrighteousness like a tsunami. And if we stop there, if we stop here, we begin to think, begin to believe that this is about us. We begin to think on those days that then maybe this is God's punishment for our sin. That maybe because we did something that we know is wrong, that God doesn't want us to do, then that this sickness, this illness is somehow God saying, there you go, this is what you get. That somehow this is Him getting us for our sin. But when we do that, we forget that this prophecy of Amos has already taken place already happened and it's happened to Jesus because Jesus himself had one of those days too. So you think what Jesus came to earth to do. He came to heal people. He came to proclaim good news. He came to release those people who were held captive. He came to proclaim the kingdom of God. But what happened to him? What happened to him? He had one of those days where one of his closest friends betrayed him, delivered him over to be arrested for the cost of some silver coins. Where all of his friends deserted him when he was arrested for something he didn't even do. And then later that same day he was beaten, mocked, he was spit on, he was given a sham trial and accused and sentenced to die a brutal death on the cross. But his day was not over yet. Yet, Because as he hung there on the cross, the wrath of almighty and perfect God rained down on him wave after wave after wave as the sin of the world lay on his back. And a perfect man became sin itself and died a sinner's death. The bite of sin was what took his life. Jesus experienced the worst of one of those days. But it is that very day that you need. It is that very day that you need. You don't need any other. You only need the one day of Jesus. Because that is the gospel message. That is the soul-quenching truth of what this story, what this prophecy points us towards. Because as Jesus hung on the cross, he faced, he dealt with, he endured all of the judgment of God so that you did not have to. He paid the punishment for your sin so that you did not have to pay it, so that you did not have to bear it. He was bitten by the serpent, by sin itself, and died so that you would not have to. So that in all of this, the justice and righteousness of God would not kill you but instead raise you and give to you eternal life. See, the one day that we need is the day of Jesus. And now, because of that one day, all of our days are different. Now in those moments, when you experience one of those days, you can know, you can point, you can say, get behind me, Satan, there is one day that I need, and it is the day that Jesus died on the cross. I know that my God is for me. Jesus has already paid the punishment for my sin. He has already dealt with the wrath. He has already faced the judgment of God. So I can stand here today and say, no, my God is for me. My God is not against me. No matter what happens, no matter what you go through, the promise of Jesus is for you that your God is with you. That Jesus has already paid the punishment for you. He's already faced the wrath of God. So on your days, you point. You say, nope, Jesus has already dealt with this. He has won for me what I could never win or earn for myself. And so as you face those days, pray. Pray that God would give you the faith you need to receive, give you the faith you need to cling to Jesus' finished work for you on the cross so that no matter what, no matter how difficult your life will be, because there will be, another one of those days in your life. No matter how difficult it will be, you cling to the work of Jesus at the cross. You run to his feet. You say, Jesus, you've dealt with this. Give me the faith I need. Give me the peace I need to trust in you and to trust in your work. And God will give you that. God will give you that. In Jesus' name, amen.